You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 56. Does visible mold mean I need to run air tests? Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. So we are talking about visible mold, Steve, in the beginning of June. Yep. And so the title of it is, Does Visible Mold Mean I Need Air Testing? Because I hear that all the time. It's probably one of your top questions that you get from people. It is. Beyond, can I clean it up myself? (laughs) That's probably your top, can I use bleach on it? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's... um. It's a, it's something we've covered before. I cover, you know, in all the other things we do, but most people, it's a big argument. And at the end of the day, to me, it's a matter of opinion. So what is your opinion on the question? For me, it depends on the circumstances. So, so we'll throw a couple scenarios out there. Let's say that you had a moisture intrusion event. You have the restoration company come in. They mop up the mold. They're done. They're, you know, a couple months later, you notice visible mold, okay? So you can just see it. Let's say it happened in your in your basement in the laundry room. You notice the mold. You call your insurance company. They say, oh, well, yeah, we had a moisture intrusion event, so obviously they didn't get it dried up quick enough. So, yeah, it's mold. First and foremost, by saying that, you want to make sure it is mold. Okay. But, so let's say the insurance company's like, yeah, we know we... <laughs> probably should have ran air tests after they did the mop-up since we know you had a moisture intrusion event we'll have which is normally the same company we, we do podcasts and i talk about that too they'll come back in and they'll take care of the mold issue then they run post mitigation testing so under those circumstances should you run an air test no okay when we go in and we do mold jobs 
We go there to do the bid. There's visible mold there. We don't do restoration, so we don't have that conflict. We rarely would we run an air test. And why? Because for the most part, we know it's mold. We don't really care what kind it is. We don't care what the concentration is. We just want to take care of it. Then we'll run a test after we're done. So the scenario where you would do it before mitigation, let's just say you're a renter. Um, let's say you don't know for sure if it is mold. So you swab it, send it off to a lab, and they say, yep, it's mold. Um, some, you know, all schools, the states, the counties, feds, they all have different uh, SOPs. And for the most part, some of them are like, yeah, we want to know what kind of mold was there. So when we do post-mitigation testing, we can compare them. In my opinion, I think it's a waste of money. Okay. So for the most part, to answer your question, I don't think it's necessary. Now, do you take that to the bank? No, because you could have a certain circumstance where you can visibly see it and you want to know what's going on. Well, and I guess lots of people don't know that there are different ways to test for mold. So we're talking about air testing, but would it also be beneficial to do other kinds of testing? Right. So like I was saying, if you're a renter and you have a decent landlord that says, yeah, you know, um, we want to know, make sure it's mold. We're going to take care of it. We go in and we do a tape lift. It's okay. more or less like a piece of scotch tape. <laughs> Ours are a little fancier, you know, so they can charge us more money. But it's on a slide, a okay. glass slide that they look at under the microscope. We just press it against that, call it good. So that's a tape lift. You can swab it. Um, everybody's heard about these swabs with COVID and how they swab your throats and all that. It's, yeah. it's seriously the same swab. Okay. Ours are medical ones, just like they'd use for that. I used to say they do it for strep, which mm -hmm. they still do. But you just roll that swab on there, put it in there, send it off to the lab. Or you can do a bulk sample, which we rarely don't do. But a bulk sample means you actually send that piece of material in there. Okay. Meaning you cut that out, or let's say it's a piece of insulation. You take that, put it in a baggie, and you send that off. So there are different ways. But once again, if you can visibly see the mold, we want to go through the steps, figure out what's causing it make sure we fixed what's causing it, and then we want to take care of it. For me, there's no reason to pay a lab to go, yep, that's mold. Now, a lot of people don't, real, don't really sit with the fact that mold is naturally present in the air. So would you agree that by the time you visibly see mold, it is, it's, pretty, it's pretty far into the process of being not good to have right you've been breathing those spores probably for months okay so so how do you get people because i think a lot of people see mold and they just assume oh, i'll take care of that you know like in a month and in six months next week before you know it that's that piece of ceiling falls down on their, their correct so how, so how can people take it more seriously i guess is my question so we we kind of touched on that 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 honestly is a great question that we can tell our listeners Something is causing that mold problem. You've, what we're concerned about, when we talk about restoration versus mitigation companies, this is where we stand above the rest. We're not all about coming in and fixing the problem or getting rid of the mold. Meaning, we're not all about just getting rid of the mold. We want to fix the actual problem that caused the mold. Exactly. So we do our CS, what you call a CSI investigation. Yeah. 
and figure out what's causing it. It could be a roof leak. Um, it could be a water line leak. It could be a new, you know, numerous things. So by ignoring it, you're just letting it get worse and worse and worse. And the problem is, is if you can visibly see it, let's say you can see it right here on the wall, you know, in a, in a laundry room. If you can see it on this side of the wall, you can only imagine what's going on on the back side of the wall exactly. where the water lines are on or the drain lines are on. So if they don't care about the health of their home or their personal health or the occupants of the home, then don't do anything. But by the time you can visibly see it, there's probably a lot more going on that you don't know about. That's a really important point. So what does it, because I think a lot of homeowners who see visible mold, they run first to the idea of doing an air test. And what you're saying is if you can see it, like don't go through that step. What are the next steps that they should be taking? Uh, they should contact a certified at a minimum. I've talked about this before, but there are states that do not regulate our industry. So like Wyoming doesn't regulate mold specialists, but obviously we're certified, we're insured. Make sure that they're at least certified and insured. You know, I know Utah doesn't regulate it, but places like Colorado do. So make sure you're getting a certified and insured guy. But once again, just because you're certified and insured doesn't mean you know what you're doing. Exactly. So do a little research on that person. Talk to some people maybe that have dealt with them or that company. Um, call them up. Ask them some tough questions. If you're listening to our podcast, you, you, hopefully, I'm, we're good enough teachers, you probably know more than that mold inspector does as far as what questions to ask. Like, should I run an air test before mitigation? Or, you know... What does mold have to have to grow? Is mold harmful to people or is it harmful to everyone? Is there a pass or fail to air testing? Like the the information we've taught our listeners, you would know mold affects everyone differently. Mm -hmm. There is no pass or fail to an air test because of the fact that it affects everyone differently. So call them up, ask questions. If you're going to go, let's just say you already know you have mold. In my opinion, there's really no reason to call a mold inspector to to tell you what you already know, if that makes sense. You're probably going to spend, who knows, three, four hundred dollars for that inspector when you know you already have an issue. At that point, I would find a company that is not a restoration company, that's actually a mold mitigation company like CNC is. And I know there's not a lot of them out there, but there's, there's plenty. Call them up and have them come out once again. Make sure you're getting the right company out there. See what they're going to charge you and move from there. You can always reach out to your insurance company and see if maybe they're going to cover it. Okay. So definitely those are those are the next steps to help get it resolved. Now, can, can people work with you to come up with a specific plan for their next steps if, they've, if they see visible mold? Yes. And so once again, different companies, different entities operate differently. Um, sometimes you have to hire an indoor air quality specialist that more or less designs and writes up a scope of work. To me, I think it's kind of waste of money, but anyhow, they come up with a scope of work, they tell you everything they're going to do, and then you go from there. So I'm not sure if I really answered your question, but... But I think some people might be listening to this and they go, I don't know the first place to start about 
finding somebody who's going to be good at handling this. Uh, you know, I wish Steve. Oh, you were asking state. about me. Yeah, oh, like for me to can do you, this. How scope. can you be a part through a consultation gotcha. of their process? Okay, I, did, I guess I didn't totally understand that. So, yes. Yeah, so, going back to the scenario we just talked about, instead of paying for a mold inspector, book a consultation with us. We ask a bunch of questions in a questionnaire. You're going to send me pictures. I can more or less be your consultant, and my vested interest is in you guys, not this company that's going to come in and charge you 15 grand. Yeah. And so, yeah, we can, I can come up with the, you know, the scope of work, what should be done. That way, when the mitigation company comes in, they can't really railroad you because you've already been informed by me. Exactly. Does that make sense? That makes, that, that makes perfect sense. So at the end of the day, it really is don't waste time doing air testing. If you see visible right. mold. Right. But I don't want our listeners to think that no matter what, don't do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they could always get a do-it-yourself kit. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a Udemy course. It's a do-it-yourself mold inspection. That's right. And, and I go over the ways they can test without hiring a professional. So they can go do, um, and we call it a viable test, meaning that it's an agar plate just like you did in science class. You leave that out for an hour, whatever the directions say. You seal that up. You wait. It'll take probably about a week for mold to start growing. And you send that off to a lab, and they'll tell you the mold types and then the concentrations. So a homeowner can do that themselves. You're going to have to buy the canister, which is about, I don't even know, probably $15. I don't know. Plus, it'll have a form in there, though, where you send it off to a lab. So keep this in mind. You're going to pay another $50, $60 in lab fees. So, But they can do The homeowners can do it themselves. Yeah. But as far as bringing in a mold inspector... You know, like someone like myself, obviously, if you're in a different state, it wouldn't be me. But just as a, you know, for an analogy, if you bring in someone like myself, we can already see it. There, to me, there's no reason to pay me five, six hundred dollars to tell you, yeah, you need mitigation. Does that make sense? One other question that I thought to, to add to the mix is you were talking about that. If somebody sees visible mold and and wants to go get an air test and they do get an air test, that verifies that it's stachybotrys or whatever, should they decide to sell the home in the future, won't they have to disclose that? Correct. So that is one thing that I bring up to uh, my clients quite often um, because we, for the most part, don't come in during the real estate process Mm -hmm. or the transaction. You know, it's just people that think they have a mold concern. And I tell them, if we do run air tests and you know what's going on in your home, you legally have to disclose this when you sell your home. Correct. So I'm not saying don't do it, but you do create a liability issue if you do run air tests. Correct. Because you are told from a mold lab that that's mold. Well, and, and I guess that hits home the point that you're trying to make here. It's You're not saying don't run air tests, but you're also saying that at the same time that you're even thinking about running air tests, if you can see the mold, you might as well be taking the steps to handle the mold. Exactly. Because at some point you're going to have to handle it, right. especially if you plan on selling your house in the future. Right. And, and some people, it's just, it, it's such a weird thought process, I guess, in my opinion. Like some people think that they can run an air test that's going to say, no, there's not a mold issue. <laughs> and 
if you can visibly see it, we already know there is. Exactly. Do you see what I mean? And so they, they kind of want to use that as their get-out-of-jail-free card. Yeah. Like, oh, no, I had the air test done so I can show my wife she can't complain anymore that there's a mold issue. Does that make sense? Yeah. They, their purpose is totally different than what ours is. Okay. If you can visibly see it, and I, I've, I've talked about this quite often, even as a certified mold inspector and a certified mold mitigation contractor, I cannot look at mold and say, yep, that's mold. I have to swab it, send it off to a lab. Now, when that happens, I have to do the direct sample like we talked about, swab, tape lift, or bulk sample. But I even legally can't call it mold. Exactly. We all know it is mold. You have to get tested. Right. Yeah. So that makes sense. So at the end of the day, people can go to your Udemy courses. They can take, they can sign up for a consult with you through cnccontractorservices.com and get onto the path of handling right. whatever they're seeing. Yeah, don't, don't jump right into... I'm going to hurry and call a mold mitigation contractor or my insurance company. It, that's where, and I say this all the time, it'll be, you'll be happy you got a consult from me because I will say, okay, this should happen, that should happen, and walk you through it, even if you're dealing with the insurance company. But once you start that process with, say, your insurance agent or a mold mitigation company, they want to just get in there and get the job done. Exactly. So... Yeah. Book a consult and I'll walk you through everything and make sure I'm protecting you. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Well, you heard it. We will catch you on the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.